Okay. Well, welcome to the next edition of the All Things Richmond podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Ted Elmore of Ridge Park RVA. Um, Ted, so I know who you are. Do you want to give the, the listeners just a quick background on, on, on who you are and what Ridge Park RVA is? Yeah. Hey, dude. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, sure. Good to see you again. Good to see you feeling good. Looking good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Ted Elmore. I actually used to be a corporate finance lawyer, believe it or not. Um, and I up and quit that to pursue this Bridge Park project, which um, is a long-term vision to create a, a series of public gathering spaces that, that cross the James River at its center um, across the Manchester Bridge. And so it's sort of a, um, a linear park style experience that was inspired by a, a park in New York City called the High Line. Uh, and so we kind of took that prompt and thought about what that could, something like that could look like in Richmond. And I think it could, it could be something even better than, than the High Line at the end of the day. So I'm the president and executive director of the nonprofit foundation that's advocating for this project as well as planning the project and um, doing the fundraising and the architecture and engineering and everything else at this stage. Um, so at this point, it's a grassy, grassroots sort of scrappy startup, um, not unlike yourself, um, of people who are, love Richmond, excited about Richmond, love the James River, love the culture that is really exploding in this city and see this as an opportunity to really kind of both build off of that momentum and really catalyze a whole nother phase of Richmond. And are you a lifelong Richmonder? Yeah, so I actually uh, grew up in Midlothian um, and I now live in the fan. Um, and went to uh, school in Charlottesville twice and went to law school and undergrad there. So I've been flown too far from the coop as of yet. Um, so I just love Richmond so much. It's, it's very hard to leave. Uh, and now, you know, very involved in as much Richmond things as I can possibly do. So it's, uh, it's great to be on sort of all Richmond all things Richmond podcast because that's my favorite topic. <laughs> yeah, so as you know, as a real estate developer, whenever I travel to a different city and I see something cool, or uh, I see like a whether it's an experience or a city block or a building or a, whatever it is, you know, my first instinct is, oh wow, like how do we get that here? And it sounds like that's kind of what you've done with the High Line in New York. And and uh, so can you walk me through like the first time you went to the High Line and experienced it, and like how that light bulb, like how did the light bulb? go off in your head to connect hey we should do that here and not only should we do it this is this is where we should do it yeah so it's a bit of a long story and actually most people don't realize this but bridge park was not my idea uh, mm -hmm. it was actually uh sprouted out of a couple of local leaders called um, ella kelly and mike hughes mm -hmm. and ella was a local community organizer, um, advocate, um, one of the sweetest humans you'd, you'd ever know. And she teamed up with Mike Hughes, who was the longtime president of the Martin Agency. Mm. And they originally had the idea to create this Highline style park over the Huguenot Bridge um, in the near West End. And that was a, an idea that got a lot of traction. Uh, people were really excited about, this was actually before I was involved. Um, so what year was this? So that was like 2012. Okay. Uh, and um, everyone uh, saw, uh, said, oh, that's a really great idea, uh, except for VDOT, <laughs> who said, well, no, we, have, we really plan to turn that, tear that bridge down. Uh, as you may recall, they, they built a new bridge um, and tore down the old bridge. 
anyway, they, um, as a result, they reoriented around a site downtown, which was um, the, um, the, this set of ruins that runs across the river, uh, mm -hmm. just upstream of the Manchester Bridge. Right. And then when I got involved, I really wanted to kind of poke and prod at that idea. Uh, you know, to be totally honest, I started to kind of fall in love with this ruin as a as an object of beauty, as an object of storytelling, as an object of um, remembrance. Um, Is this and, the ruin from like Civil War times? Yeah, where, where yeah. the bridge was the bridge was burned down. Yeah, exactly. And we could do yep. a whole podcast on it, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a ruin. It's um, if you next time you're on a Pottercourt Bridge or on a Manchester Bridge, it's right between those two. And so, yeah, yeah it was built in 1838, burned down in 1865 by um, retreating um, Confederate troops um, who really wanted to burn Richmond behind us. And so, there's an interesting story in that a lot of folks like yourself are building Richmond back up still. I believe. Um, and opening Richmond back to the world. So there's sort of this rebirth story there. Um, most people know about the burning of it. To me, the most important thing of it is the building of it. Mm -hmm. And the building of that bridge was done by uh, teams of enslaved Africans and Irish immigrants working together. Uh, and it's quite an extraordinary lesson in what can happen and what objects of beauty and um, uh, uh, beauty and longevity and strength can be erected with this sort of inner intercultural teamwork and cooperation versus the opposite of that, right? Which is this in one fell swoop, a group of bad actors can just bury, burn the whole thing to the ground. Yeah. It's sort of, it's full of metaphors and I apologize, I could go on and on about this, but sure. it's really a place of extreme importance I think to our city and I think really nationally too in terms of who built the South in the United States and the, you know, the Western world, the, the economy of the of North America. Right. So when I, um, when I got involved, we hired some, uh, some architects to poke and prod at that using that particular ruin and through a series of community engagement, um, we ended up actually shifting the locus of the, park site from that ruin up to the Manchester Bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reasons for that were, um, well, there's a lot of a lot of different reasons. One is it's this sort of an unused or underused space. Uh, it's a great story in terms of um, uh, sort of adaptive reuse and how we rethink our cities. Um, rather than having major highways run through our beautiful neighborhoods, instead have us kind of linger in the city and enjoy the city, enjoy the views. Um, but also it operates at city level. So um, it connects you through the city, takes you on a journey through the city, mm -hmm. which is something very different than what we have in the James River Park system, which is a journey through the riverscape. And as you right. probably know, as a real estate guy, there's an actual like pretty big difference in grade between the river and the city. Um, right. Our spot, five to seven stories in difference. So Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really answer your question, but I do. <laughs> That's sort of the history of it. Uh, right. Line is, is obviously a great um, inspiration. If folks haven't been there, I really encourage you to go. We're actually were recently asked, invited to join a network of parks um, that were inspired by the High Line uh, all across the United States, of the United States, and it was pretty. Um, a huge honor to be invited to that group. Uh, there's, let's see, there's um, among the East Coast, there's now Richmond, New York, DC, 
Philadelphia, um, Atlanta, and Miami. Mm -hmm. um, and you're familiar with, you know, you were kind enough to introduce me to Ryan Gravel down in Atlanta. Right. Uh, and I visited him, and I think actually that project actually has a great um, learning lesson for us too. And that's really a, a you know, it's a, it's a great, it's more of a greenway. Um, it runs around the city, and it's really effective how we think about Bridge Park is maybe even a, a bigger term opportunity than just a Manchester Bridge. Um, and I don't know if you've been, I can't remember, did you say you've been down there or no? Yeah, so when I, it's funny, I heard that guy speak um, about the Atlanta project and then introduce you. And then six months later, I happened to be at a conference out in Atlanta, hadn't thought about it. And I was at a, a brewery and I turn around and it's right there. And I'm like, no. wow. and some people are walking and biking. And I, and I like, I was kind of mesmerized by it. Cause I got, cause after hearing the story and then seeing humans like interact and use the space uh, and just, you could, you could just tell people loved it, you know, and it's, and it, it really is just a walkway, right? I mean, like it's, but it's the way people use it, right? They, they feel connected to the city. They, the, the people walking were so diverse, old, young, white, black, biking, walking, you know, rollerblading, walking dogs, walking babies, like everybody together. It was just a cool thing to see. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, that's exactly what was my response to it is, yeah, it's just a pretty narrow strip of asphalt. Right, right. With all kinds of folks doing all kinds of different things, you know, skateboarding, right. rollerblading, like you say, walking the dog. Um, Can you imagine like during COVID, like now, like how yeah. important that is to the people that live in the city of Atlanta right now? Yeah, it's huge. And actually, you yeah. know, the Beltline has remained open. During uh, during COVID, and honestly, partly because it's a transportation route, and right. that's a big part of of Bridge Park too. Is um, thinking about multimodal transportation and healthy transportation um, on sort of all levels. And yeah, in the time of COVID, like that's um, that's really essential to how right. city function. And I think when we come out of this, it will continue to be so. So what? Okay, so they started thinking about this in 2012. And what year did you get involved? 2013. 13. So you're seven years in now. Can you walk us through like the 30 second version of uh, from 2013 to now, what you've gone through and where you are in the process? Yeah. So we, um, as I mentioned, we did uh, what we called an idea study, which mm -hmm. was early. Up. So quickly, you know, when I first started working on it, there were two main things I wanted to do. One was to increase the, the scope of community engagement. Mm -hmm. um, and two was to professionalize some of the architecture and design and planning around it. Um, cause it was just really an idea with a small group. It was fairly quiet at the time. And I just went around and talked to as many people as I could possibly think of, particularly stakeholders, um, as to what the biggest and best idea available was. And I spent almost a year doing that. Then, um, reached out to some architecture and engineering groups. Um, there's a group called the Timmons, the Timmons group in Richmond, with which you're probably familiar, mm -hmm. um, and a, an architecture firm called Spatial Affairs Bureau, which is headed up by a, a guy called Peter Cully, who is, um, uh, um, he was the project architect on the BMFA, I got to know Richmond through that. Um, and until recently, he had office, oh, I say he had offices in the, the three world capitals, which are, um, London, Los Angeles, and Scott's Edition. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so, and he's a, he's a brilliant thinker and really helped us walk the community through a, a series of ideas, one of which was to sit on the real uh, bridge deck sitting on the ruin that we talked about earlier. Um, one was one that sort of meandered through the river and then the, the, the 
the third one, I mean, it started at like 30 and then 13 and then three, um, was actually sitting on the, on the Manchester bridge and repurposing a portion of that underused bridge that really serves as a barrier. Mm -hmm. um, so that was um, a year or two project projects. And every time we do something like that, and then we insert a longer period of community engagement around some of the new thinking. So we did that with a series of stakeholders. We built this large site model, which I think you've probably seen. Um, we have a, a site model that's actually now 28 feet long, um, 3D rendering, uh, 3D uh, rendering of, when I say 3D, it's actually, you know, tactile. 3D thing. That's what you have in the lobby there at Riverfront Plaza. Are you still there? Yeah, 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 exactly. Out front of our office. Um, you can see the whole footprint of the, the downtown city there. Um, so we've used that um, to continue engaging the community. Then we did another round of architecture and engineering, which we actually pulled the the footprint of the park from the Manchester Bridge into the city quite a bit. Um, and that was, to be honest, influenced a little bit by projects like the Atlanta Beltline, which are more of a greenway and a series of park spaces. Mm -hmm. And so now the kind of main spine or footprint of Bridge Park is a two-mile route from Lee Street to Hull Street with the opportunity for extensions um, into neighborhoods on both sides of the river that were, quite frankly, ejected from the city core in the mid-century. Mm -hmm. And because Ninth Street... Chester Bridge are such um, important spines for the city, just geographically and culturally. Uh, it really opens up an opportunity to really start to reconnect some of those neighborhoods that were disconnected during that time period, using this this sort of park at at the you know the locus of it all. So mm -hmm. uh, that's been the process. We are um, currently. Um, doing some strategic planning around uh, how to take the, the project from idea to implementation, some of the funding opportunities, some planning opportunities, how it fits with other uh, city priorities and city planning. Uh, Richmond 300, Richmond Riverfront Plan, James River Park System Master Plan, a lot of these plans um, yeah. that are out there. Um, you know, folks like you and, and others really would be great to have involved in that process and thinking about how this fits with where Richmond is heading or needs to head. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big project this summer, which actually works out okay with um, social distancing because a lot of it's over Zoom and a lot of it um, requires some of the additional headspace um, mm -hmm. that some of us have now. Um, and as we kind of talked about before we jumped on the, the podcast, that you know, people are desperate for open space right now. So yeah. uh, the timing is actually pretty good. Yeah, so... Um, God, it just, I, you know, I, I tell my friend, uh, Brett Burkhardt, have you met Brett? Um, so Brett is the guy, he's the developer who's uh, working on the lake, that that uh, surf park down in Chesterfield. Oh, yeah. No, and like, like you, he's like six or seven yeah. years in now. And like you, he had, he had, there's so many different like hurdles to jump over that I, I joke with him that real estate development's hard enough when you can develop by right and you, you know what you want to do and you can do it legally and but you still have to raise the money and you still have to build it and go through all that risk. But it's even more challenging for like bread and for you because you start this project and you probably, you have some idea of the complexity and some idea of the hurdles to jump over, but you probably had no idea how many or how long it would take. And it, I told Brett, I joke with him all the time. Like if you really knew how hard it would be, there's no way you probably would do it. But now that you're in, you're in so far 
you can kind of see the light in the tunnel that, you know, you're probably glad you went through all that pain. And so like yeah. so now, now that you're at this point, um, like in your guest, in your best guess, how, how, how long, how long a period of time from today, which is uh, May of 2020 until you think people will be walking on this space and using it. That's my first question. Second question is, um, how difficult, what major hurdles you have to get over from, to get from here to there? Yeah, so we are not at a, you know, we sort of, a, we don't have the approvals from the city yet to do this. Mm -hmm. Still, still needs a lot of community um, input, a lot of sort of community standing up and saying, this is something we see as an important so te uh, technically, what do you need from the city? Is it city council has to vote? Is it, is, is it a, like, I'm, I'm familiar with rezoning. I'm familiar with SUPs, but like, I have yeah. no idea. What, what do you have to, what permissions do you have to get to do it? Yeah, there's a long list of them, but yeah. for us, the first step is to get into the city planning documents. Uh, so that'll be sort of one of our first moves um, mm -hmm. based on conversations with the mayor's office um, is to get into the, the, the city planning documents. So that'll be the, once we're there, then we can start saying, okay, now how do we start to pay for this? How do we start to tackle first phases? Um, what are some of the approvals, which will be multiple from environmental to VDOT to um, uh, transportation to um, you know wildlife? There's gonna be endless amount of actual approvals uh, when we get down to it, but establishing, establishing this as a project that's approved by like you say, city council and the mayor's office or some sort of planning is kind of the first step to get it launched uh, into the mm -hmm. next phase. So that's why we're really spending this um, this summer articulating really strongly why why this matters and what it can do for the city in a very specific way. I think mm -hmm. you know talking about it on a you know short podcast it sounds really exciting. It's, it's something that why wouldn't we do that? Um, but we really want to attach the rigor of saying, okay, this actually fits. This isn't just some out of the blue idea. This fits very well with priorities of the city, um, mm -hmm. both in terms of planning and culture and history and what we stand for as a city and what we want to stand for as a city and how we might lead uh, rather than follow, um, which we you know often do in the past. So um, I think... Um, you know, in terms of timeline, we would love to have some sort of first phase, uh, you know, shovel on the ground kind of idea in the next, you know, three years or so. Um, but we know that the full length of the project would um, be, uh, would, you know, would take some time, um, you know, over, over five, 10, 15 years even. Right. Um, but we know that to start to get wins could be really important. Um, you know, the Manchester yeah. Bridge portion of it, um, is maybe not even that challenging. We're talking about just repurposing um, a couple of lanes on that bridge, um, and there's already way too many. Uh, so, in a way, did you tell me back. that one day that they, there's like seven lanes, really only really need two or three? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah the um, the piece of data I usually throw out on that is um, so the Huguenot Bridge, where this project started, um, has two lanes and twenty five thousand cars a day. The Manchester Bridge has seven lanes and 17,000 cars a day. Wow. So five more lanes and 8,000 less cars. Right. Uh, and and that's not going to change drastically in the next 50 years, right? I mean, it, you, why, was it, why, was he, why, did, why was there seven lanes to begin with? Yeah. Um, well, it's sort of 
you know, this happened in a lot of cities, but particularly in Richmond, you know, where major highways tore through residential neighborhoods, um, in many cases, uh, historically black neighborhoods or, or historically underserved neighborhoods. And the Manchester Bridge is sort of a relic of that. Um, right. It was soon on the heels of annexation, you know, just before that redlining, just before that segregation. Um, and so they dropped this giant bridge. I guess they had some funding to do so like they did, you know, the NLK bridge is another good example of a giant bridge um, that was set to tear through neighborhoods and separate people. Um, and so, but the, you know, what I usually say is the reason that they, they built it um, that big was so we could put a bridge park on it one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's making a uh, lemonade with lemons, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. That's, that's fascinating. Um, and you know, I, just curious, like into you individually, emotionally, this project for seven years been grinding, working on it. And you think there's, you know, maybe three more to get it started. Um, like, how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you, uh, have you had times of extreme doubt and like, Holy crap, what am I doing? You know, like I, 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 walk me through that. Yeah, no, I, I tend, I, I don't tell a lot of people this, but yeah, I, I definitely lose a lot of sleep. Um, sure. I definitely, feel a lot of a lot of stress i mean it's a very challenging project um to think about how we'll get this done um but honestly i'm just uplifted by the process and by the people that i get to meet and the things that i learn i people have frequently ask me like you know where when are you happiest and it's uh it's when i'm learning and mm -hmm. i mean i was a corporate finance lawyer like i had a very like cushy um sort of insulated life in a way uh, i mean i've worked very hard but um I, I, but now I, everything I, my whole world has opened up and i've learned about so many things about richmond and, and people in richmond who are doing so many inspiring great things and honestly to get to experience that every day is what sustains me yeah um, you know it's sort of part of my i feel like it's part of my job to understand that the sort of deep roots of richmond um and the people who are really doing the work, um, quote unquote, um, you're certainly one of those people um, of folks who are who are out there trying to make Richmond a better place. And it, it's really inspiring. You know, Richmond is um, is big enough for this type of opportunity, but small enough that we still have a bit of a blank canvas in a way that, mm -hmm. man, we have such an opportunity to kind of rethink our city in a way um, and figure out what we want it to stand for, where we want it to lead. Um, you know, it's sort of like, um, it's just prime, so much opportunity knocking uh, with, for this project, but for the city in general. And I, I really find that inspiring. Yeah. I love the river. I go down there a lot too for peace too, of course. Um, so that's always, always comforting, which is yeah. you know, one of the average of the project in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Other day, like, and I never would have done this. If it wasn't for COVID, but I uh, jogged along Brown from my office. I'm at, I'm at fifth and main. Right. So I come down to Brown's Island and I jogged on the canal walk and just, and part of me was blown away. It was like twofold. Number one was how beautiful the river and how much cool stuff we kind of already have over there. And second is how underutilized it is. Um, I remember running along the canal walk and like, man, like this is so cool, but there's nothing like, you know, we're, you know, like where the, the nightclubs used to be right there. And it's, it just feels dead. You know what I mean? And I know, I know part of it's being, there's part, the solitude is kind of part of it, but also that all that stuff was built for people to enjoy it and experience it. And uh, 
I feel like Richmond, we, we, you know, you go to Friday cheers here and there, you go to the, you know, Brown's Island, but like other than that, I feel like that area is a little underutilized and your, your bridge park would tie into all that, right. And kind of connect Manchester downtown, all that would, would be part of the, the deal. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a funny thing. Um, about Richmond is very much a city of neighborhoods, but I really don't think downtown is one of them, unfortunately, yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned Friday Cheers. I took this funny, I took this photo of um, at Friday Cheers one time where once Friday Cheers ended, there's this huge gaggle of folks on their phones trying to get Ubers to yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and what if, you know, that instead they are walking up to the Bridge Park and then to Casa del Barco and then, you know, up up 9th Street to, um, you know, uh, Rappahannock or, you know, any number of uh, Mama J's or, you know, any right. number of restaurants um, up in the town and sort of keeping people downtown after those sorts of big events, I think is a really yeah. important party for the city. Yeah, definitely downtown, we, whether it's real estate developers to blame or city government to blame, uh, urban planners, uh, downtown, it was clear, it was built for people to come work there and then to leave and get out, right? Um, yeah. If you look at all these office buildings that have hundreds and hundreds of people working in them, and then we're on the street where there should be some kind of connectivity with retail, like a restaurant or bar, it's parking garage or it's the lobby of the office, and you'll walk through and it's completely dead on the weekends, right? And um, it's it takes a long time to undo a lot of that, right? Um, but your project would certainly breathe life into that because um, uh, it just feels like kind of a waste, right? As far there's, there are people that work downtown, there are people that live downtown, but there's a little stuff to do on Gray Street, and you know, Shaco Bottom used to be the striving corridor, which now it's it, it's not as strong. You know what I mean? Like it you used to be able to walk to 20 places down, you know, 18th Street and, and Main Street and Cary. And that's not the case anymore. You know, most, a lot of those places have gone out of business and it's, 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 it's a weird, not quite connected vibe down there. Um, I believe it'll get better as Manchester continues to evolve and downtown, you know, as we continue to build apartment buildings, downtown density, people that live, work and play downtown. I think that'll help. Um, well, yeah. So um, before we move on, other than anything else on the project you want to talk about before we move on to some other Richmond related questions? Yeah, I mean, I I love uh, I love hearing from people. So if anybody out there is listening to this, is interested in the project, please um, please reach out to me. And uh, my email is ted at bridgeparkrva.com. Um, you know, call us or or email us or check the Facebook or website. Uh, we're always mining ideas from the community, um, particularly with the community's young people. So we're keen to um, continue to hear from folks, see what hear what you see the potential of this project. Particularly, you know, I mentioned we're doing this kind of strategic planning. So now's a great time to reach out. If, if you're into biking and walking or nature watching or the James River or um, development or culture or urban planning or, you know, any number of things, um, please reach out and um, let us know what you think about the project. Um, if you don't like it, I love hearing that too. It's where I learn the most from people who mm -hmm. um, have pushback. Uh, that's always super helpful. Um, so we can adjust accordingly. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and you started talking about this and then I'm, I'm just curious, uh, how can people help, you know, financially, is that the best way to help uh, politically? Like, is it, is the, is there a time now coming where we can message Mr. Stoney, we can message our city council people uh, about this? Like what is, is it too early for that? Or is now the time to start talking about that? 
No, I think it's a great time to start doing that. Um, you know, it's, yeah, messaging the, the mayor, your city council person, uh, talking to your neighbors, to your family, to your coworkers and say, have you heard about this project? Or, uh, you know, for somebody like you who knows a lot of people who work and um, operate in that area, uh, you should hear about this. You've always been kind to do that uh, for the project. Um, is super helpful. So yeah, no, I think it's, we're going to start a big push on that um, eventually, but I think every little bit helps. So uh, if you have the ear of <laughs> city council members or of the mayor's office, and as citizens, we do, I mean, I sort of um, have this Jeffersonian education that taught that that was, mm -hmm. you know, we do have access to, uh, to our to our elected officials and it's sort of up to us to tell them um what we want and what we don't want and so yeah i think now is a great time to do that um particularly given that everyone is sort of regrouping a little bit yeah okay so thanks um, yeah that'd be awesome i appreciate everybody doing absolutely that. and i i'll before i close with the five rapid fire quest, richmond questions i would just give you the um, you know, I tell same thing I tell Brett every time I talk to him about the lake and, and you on this project is I, as a real estate developer, I, I probably I don't know everything you're going through on it, but I know it's I know it's challenging. And I, I just I'll tell you, it, it, it'll be worth it. And uh, you know, keep fighting the good fight because when I tell Brett is like picture, you know, picture the kid eating ice cream there at your at your place or, or picture the you know, the bros drinking craft beer, listening to music or, you know, however they're going to experience that. I mean, with your project i'd say the same as you know keep picturing the humans that are going to experience that project and how will you know affect their quality of life and uh for me that's what would keep, that would, that's what would keep me pushing forward right is um is that you know it'll all be worth it one day so best of luck and thank, thank you that's really encouraging I really sure man and I'll, as always anything i can do to help please let me know um and so yeah so richmond your life on richmond are we like to close with some kind of rapid fire richmond questions there's no okay. wrong answer um what is your favorite Richmond restaurant? You, uh, if you're gonna eat dinner anywhere in Richmond one night. Yeah. I like to go to Heritage. Yeah. Um, wow. Joe Sparata is a good buddy and I can also walk there. So ride my, ride my bike. Yeah, 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 it's a great spot. Um, favorite outdoor activity to do in Richmond? Definitely walking the James River Park system trails uh, in particular the pipeline, which I think I may have mentioned earlier. Gotcha. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite Richmond musician, local musician? Ah, uh, you know, I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of Matt White and okay. Matthew E. White and the, um, the work that they're uh, doing out of Space Bomb is incredible. Andy Jenkins has an incredible new record out. Uh, Chance, Chance Fisher, who goes, some people know as Chauncey. He's he was actually player. on this podcast. We had him on this podcast, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, cool. yeah. He's a... Uh, one of the nicest people in, in Richmond. He's one of those real sort of interstitial people that keep us together. Mm -hmm. And he's secretly this incredible musician too. So yeah. uh, those are, those are both friends and folks that I listen to all the time. Okay. I don't ask everybody this question, but I figure you have an answer to it because you answered that question so well. Favorite local artist, if you're going to put a mural on a building or, a, or on a bridge park, what, who, who would you want to paint it? Yeah, in terms of muralists, um, you know, I, I, you have to give the muralists a lot of credit. Um, 
the the first street art festival there on the the power at the power plant on the canal walk was an absolute seminal moment in Richmond history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much changed then, and Ed Trask and Michael Broth um, are both great friends, and I love um, both of those guys to death. And I think Richmond owes a lot to them and what they've done for the culture of the city and pushing us forward. Um, so yeah, those are, those are two of my faves for sure. Awesome. I didn't know if you know them that well, it's hard to pick one as you'll upset the other. So good answer. Um, right. I'm doing more than five cause you're good at this. So, uh, two more to go. Um, favorite, uh, festival or event that we have every year here in Richmond. I would say, uh, Dominion river rock. Um, and I tell everybody that if those dogs were still jumping, off into that into that little pond now i would like still be there watching it (laughs) (laughs) that's cool okay so uh so last one is a long could be a long one be a short one so uh you've got a friend who's coming into richmond for the weekend never been here and you they're gonna drop they're gonna fly in on friday leave on sunday walk me through the weekend what do you do where where do you take them where do you go what do you do Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I probably mentioned some of the things that I would do. Yeah. Well, I guess, but yeah, I would certainly, we'd certainly go for um, a walk in the James River Park system. You know, I like to go to the pipeline. I like to do the whole loop. It's about six miles um, with, with people and with my dog, with my puppy. Um, you know, we'd certainly go to a brewery um, for, because, you know, Richmond, it's Richmond. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, and get a beer. Um, which one? Beer. Which which your? I should ask you that one too. What's your favorite brewery, or do you have? Yeah, a- that's a, that's a tough one too because a lot of friends. But um, I I will um, I will give a plug for Boston because they've been really good to Bridge Park and actually that giant site model that we had um, actually sat at Boston for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're uh, they're great. You know, I love the Arden guys and Artie Wood and Vale and and the others as well. Um, but the um the Boston guys are good friends um so that would be I guess my short answer but you know the beauty of that beauty of Scott's edition as I mentioned before you can hit all of them at once um there are a lot of them so yeah then um certainly a good um good dinner at Heritage or uh Rappahannock or um uh, where else do I like to go? Um, you know, I mentioned, uh, Mama J's Soul Taco would be a great one if it's more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, yeah, maybe a, a nightcap at one of those places. I'm, you know, I love, I love sort of a craft, uh, bourbon drink, like whatever your sort of old fashioned is. Um, yeah. Your take on the old, on an old fashioned is I usually like to close the night out with, something like that if, if I'm with friends. Um, nice. So yeah, a lot of sort of outdoor, that's the beauty of Richmond, right? That's what Bridge Park is about, is this combination of the outdoors and of um, of culture. Sure, sure. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. Um, I, 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 just like I tell Brett on his, probably gonna tell you, like you're, you're one of my heroes because you're, uh, you're crazy enough to think you can do this thing and you're, but you still have the ability to execute and get it done and uh, uh, I look forward to seeing this project come through and I appreciate it because it's uh, you know, it's a gift to all of us uh, that hit, live here in Richmond. So thank you so much for your time and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks so much. I'm uh, thankful for you too, Duke and uh, keep up the, keep up the good work. And like I say, I'm very appreciative of all your encouragement. Cool, man. Thank you.